b- before Tyler chews me out, welcome to Off the Fair Pull. Myself, Perp17, joined by RJ Choppy Van Dyermaker. Derek is off gallivanting, playing stickball tonight. He will not stickball be joining us. Stickball with the pillows. With the pillows. I love that word gallivanting. Gallivanting? He is. He's, <laughs> he's gallivanting his wallet around right now, actually. The um, mental image I get for gallivanting is exactly him in the Dumb and Dumber suit. In yeah. Times Square. That, to me, is a picture of gallivanting. Just, just belting i'm singing in the rain while hanging off a light pole <laughs> that is that what he's doing exactly right but i do want i do want to uh circle back to what choppy was saying but i want the job of staging those multi-million dollar homes because if you ever watched like a youtube video of like a tour of like a 10 million dollar like penthouse oh, or like, yeah. a 20 million dollar home and they say it's been staged and you look at the staging and you're just like where the fuck do you find this shit? And whoever thinks that any of the stuff is comfortable, like some of the chairs they have there, I just don't want to sit in them. They just look uncomfortable. I agree. And like, there's always the weird vases that are like weird shapes. And there's just like, but what I don't understand is they go through, they stage the home. They do everything to get everything really, really expensive. But all the electronics they put in the home are dirt cheap, like dirt cheap. Like it's like a, $50 million home, and they're running, like, $200 televisions in there. Really? This is Sound Labs yeah. Soundbar? Yeah. <laughs> it's, always, it's always Element TVs, Insignia televisions, yeah. super cheap Samsungs, and you're like, it's a $10 million home. <laughs> yeah. Hey, when, <laughs> like, do you know, when do you know to use the word vase versus vase? Kind of do a mental coin flip, and then whatever comes out, comes out. Yeah, okay. I feel like when I'm, I feel like when I'm amongst friends, I say vase, but when I'm with like people I don't know and I don't know how like uppity they are, I feel like I have to say vase. Just on the like object. if you're at an event, yeah. Like if I'm giving a speech somewhere, I've got to say vase, right? Like you can't say vase. Like someone will be like, "Yeah, well, look at this loser, this uncultured <laughs> Italian." <laughs> choppy goes from so tuxedo top choppy. Wow. English hard today. Tuxedo Choppy is all about the vase life. Yeah. Whereas regular Choppy's like, it's a fucking vase. Like, if I'm hanging out my neighbor's drinking beer, I'm, I'm calling it a vase. If I'm going, like, if I'm playing golf and, like, at a, at a, at a work scramble and my boss is there, I'm, it's totally a vase. It's Has a vase? To Has to be. I think okay. it's just all a matter of who you're with. That's fair. But following up, because I've been binging these stupid expensive houses recently, I don't know why. It's just been on my, on my YouTube. What's the point of an all marble shower? Like bathroom in general. To look like, cool and be a horrible slip hazard. That's what I'm and saying. You just, just want to end up in the emergency room some drunken night. Yo, I would be stepping out of that shower and like slip and sliding all the way back. The marble looks. Yeah, the all so marble. Cool. Like the all marble like bathroom. It has to have some kind of a grip, right? No. It's just smooth marble. Yeah, most of them's just smooth marble. Like that to me is just like, bro, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall into the back of my head. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be getting out of a shower one day, and hear like the phone ringing and go sprinting to it. They, they put the, they put a marble floor into my office, like the entryway, and we're like, this is a horrible idea. Like, the, if it ever rains, I mean, I am literally doing a split. Yes, and I, I just can't wait. Like, I would, I'll own the company in a couple of weeks here. Like, that's that's the goal. <laughs> 
Yeah, you, you'll be done. You'll, you'll be good. You yeah. might, you know, might need some reconstructive surgery though. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, well, depending on how much uh, Workman's Comp wants to pay and how much you win out of that. Take know, this right? fucking marble out of here. Marble is another one of those surfaces that is a, a super clean freak kind of kind of stone kind of surface because you can get a really nice looking car, uh, marble countertop or like vanity tops, whatever you have. But it's so porous that if you spill something on it and don't clean it up right away, that should stain and you're not getting it out. Yeah. Right. It, it, that's why everyone goes with like, what's it called? Formica. Formica. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. As a countertop? Yeah. People still use yeah. that? Yeah, it's a that's cheaper it. alternative. I have not seen and, anyone use that in probably 30 years. Oh, that, no, this, people still use it around here. This is the beauty of it sounds like you're, you're hanging out with a bunch of people that say Vaz. Then. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I, th- I think it's the beauty of, like, being in Texas where it's, like, you know, things are considerably cheaper here. Like, you, you can get a 3,000-square-foot house in Texas, you know, in, 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 in DFW. I mean, you get that for, you know, less than half a million dollars, which the rest of the country, from what I assume, is is a brand new one is way more than that i'm assuming that um i know in like new jersey and california and you, you know oh, on the coast get it yeah you're 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 spending a gob of dough um but there like, are two bedroom homes around here selling for like 350 400 like small little like 1100 square foot homes i've got three bedrooms i've got like 2600 square feet it's a four year old house i don't think i could get 500,000 for it not in Texas. No, and I put a pool in, and I don't think I get that. But if you if you did that in Jersey, yeah, yeah. you get that. And it, 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 some property taxes in Texas, though. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's it's like two and a half three percent of the of the value of the home. So, um, you know it's like uh, I probably pay, I don't know, eight or nine thousand a year in property tax. I I don't know. That's what I pay in sales tax. Yeah, right. New <laughs> Jersey. You know what? Speaking of New Jersey, though, so I went to the I went to the Mets doubleheader uh, a few days ago. Actually, went to both games, which was fun. Beautiful day, gorgeous day for baseball. But Choppy, you'll understand this. I chose to drive just because it was a doubleheader, easier because I thought the second game might start late, and then trying to take the NJ Transit back at one o'clock in the morning is a fucking shit show. Is there anything more exhausting than driving back from New York City? Oh my God! So, like, where where do you live? I, I live in Monmouth County. I'm right. I'm about. I'm right in the middle of New Jersey. Like Colts Neck, then. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, also, it's right, right so, down the road from me. So I was in Princeton, ish. Um, it is. It was the worst. Yeah. Like, there's nothing more defeating than leaving like Yankee Stadium or Shea or Madison Square Garden and realize you have like a two hour drive with traffic. Yeah, it is so defeat. But and then you look at the maps, or today you look at your GPS and you see forty six miles, and you're like, "Oh, I'll make it there in like an hour." <laughs> and then you spend the next forty five minutes waiting to get over the RFK because they've decided to close every lane except one. So there, there's it, nothing worse than LA, man. Like we we come back from Cowboys training camp, we had eleven miles to go, and it took us it took us an hour and a half to go eleven miles. It was oh, awful. Fuck that. It was awful. I've never here's seen the, anything like it. Here's the thing with coming back from New York, though. Whenever you're coming back from New York City, you were there for something. You were, like, like yeah. 
if you're just going to New York to pick something up, you take the train in. Like if you're just going coming back, you don't most people don't want to bother driving. But if it, if you are bothered enough to drive in, pay the sixteen dollar toll to get over the bridge, find parking. You were there uh, for something. I remember what it was for. Yeah, it's gone up since then. A little yeah. bit. Sixteen dollars. But, but still, even four dollars to get over the bridge. Is it still then free was still not back? cheap. Yeah. Yeah, still free coming back. But like you went to New York for an event. You either went for a game and then you went out for dinner or you went, you know, to Broadway or you were you were doing something. So whenever you leave, you leave tired. Like you never left New York City like, you know, energetic and ready to go. Yeah. 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 It, it it's coming back. You're just you're tired, you're defeated, you're hungry. And then you leave the stadium and you get about two miles of clear traffic and then it just stops. Yep. Yep. It's always like that. Like the, as soon as you leave the stadium, you're, you're clear. It's, yeah. it's really, really weird. You are clear. Uh, you're, you're, the city takes so much out of you, though. Like, oh, just my being God. In yeah. the city, like it's just so fr- like you have to be on like high alert the entire time. Like you're always looking around. You're looking. Where, am I, am I, am I tr- I'm trying to find this one little spot and it's hidden and you can't find it. Yep. Oh yep. man, it is it is so maddening being and, in there. Yeah. And then on top of that, like you're trying to not talk to anybody. You don't want to take the free mixtapes that aren't really free. You don't want to like say the wrong thing. You want to catch the right train and you're just bouncing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But then the funniest thing happens, Dyer. The minute you hit the NJ Turnpike, freedom. <laughs> like you like you could be on the turnpike for the same amount of time that you were stuck in New York City traffic, but that drive in the turnpike feels like 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, it it's really the weirdest weird. thing. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, you know, and the turnpike always had, I don't know if it still does, had those lanes where it was like, you, you couldn't take a truck in this lane. Yes, but the uh, trucks go anyway. But they go anyway. Does that mean pickup trucks too? No, it means like box trucks. Okay. Or yeah, pickup trucks with trailers. Yeah. I would always go in that one anyway. It was always it always seemed to be like less cars. Yeah. The only downside to going in the truck only lanes is if a truck broke down, you were fucked. Like yeah. truck broke down, you were fucked. Like it was it was over. It, you you were done at that point. Yep. But but whenever anyone says to me, I'm driving into Yankee Stadium, I'm driving into City, and I say, What time are you going? And the game's like at three o'clock or seven like a seven o'clock game, and they go, I think I'm gonna leave at five. No, nah, you're gonna leave at four. Why? It's not going to take me three hours to get to the stadium. Want to bet? Terrible. I don't want anything to do with that. But by the time, the weird thing is with driving into the city, and again, Choppy will, Choppy, I'm sure you remember this. It either took no time at all or all the time in the world. There was no in between. There was never any like average traffic going into the city. It was either there was no traffic or everything. No in between. There's nothing in the middle. It's it was the strangest no. thing. No matter what time of day it was, you either had bumper to bumper, or you were good to go. Um, you were and cruising. Like, you, you, you know, and, and most of the time, I think with the exception of honestly, I don't know that I ever drove into the city that wasn't to a Yankee game. I've gone to a few. Sure, I've driven to a few Broadway shows. I'm sure we did because we used to go to a lot of Nick games. But the thing mm. with the Knicks is that there was we were right in Princeton. There was no reason not to take the train. It literally you just dropped take it to Penn Station. 
Yeah. I literally, you dropped it right there. So unless my dad had to be somewhere and I had to meet him uh, and come from work, there, I don't remember not taking the train in. But, like, you know, I, I remember going to Yankee Stadium and, and, and we tried to take the Harlem River Drive exit instead of going oh, over, uh, instead of going over the Deegan or whatever. Mistake, sir. And what a mistake that was. What a mistake. We went, we must have gone 20 miles down the road to make a U turn and come right back. Right back. What a mistake. Oh, Lord. Because you go, no one's taking this way. This will be faster. Yes. And everyone's no thinking the same way. thing. Yep. And then there's that exit that goes into like, this cave and you're like surely we're not going down this road and because I'm, this young, I'm this young kid in a ford tourist station wagon and i'm like surely we're not going this way dad and we went we went that way and we went that way and i was like okay this is cool and you can't stop if you stop everyone's pissed at you instantly yeah. like you cannot stop like there is no stopping like you can stop to cut across traffic to get to your exit that's fine but there's no stopping to go fuck i missed my exit no you just keep going straight keep going Keep going. One. You find a U-turn. Yep. The and the cops miles away. are. The cops have zero time for your bullshit. Yeah, zero time. <laughs> zero time. Like they will just. Dire, dire. Have you ever flown into a uh, New York City airport? No, I haven't. One of the funniest experiences you ever have is flying into Newark JFK LaGuardia and going to car pickup, like the like the, and just listening to the police who are running the traffic there. It is the funniest thing because there's a mixture of just whistles. They're on like their PA systems on their cars. If you stop for five seconds and there's not someone actively getting into your car, it's just move along. <laughs> and you look at them and you're like, I'm waiting. They go, I don't care. Move along. <laughs> and you're like, he's right there. Go around. And then go around you, one more time. <laughs> you say it again, and then you just hear, you're like, fuck. And it's, it's nonstop. Like, I've watched them yell at people as people will put in their luggage into the cars. Damn. You're like, move, go, go. That's hardcore. Go. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like, it, they, they're brutal. And then you, then I, like, you fly into like Texas, and they don't give a shit. DFW doesn't care. When you get your rental car? No, like, well, you just, if we're just going to pick up. Oh, just a pick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't care. They, yeah, you know, care. Love Field, they care. Love Field, which is where it, it, it's the downtown Dallas airport. They really care that. Yeah. Uh, They're smaller, DFW, though. What? It's it, very That's small. a smaller airport. Yeah. Very yeah. small, but a lot of traffic. Uh, DFW. Southwest hub, though, yeah? Yeah. DFW, they don't care. It's like, oh. there's a million gates. There's a million flights. We got plenty of room. The airport itself is the same the air, the the airport is the same square mile as Manhattan. We got plenty of room. They'll be fine. Yep. It's like you take your time. It's a decently well designed airport too. It's really good and really convenient for drop off and pickup. It's terrible yes. for connecting. Well, yeah. If you're if you're in a different if you're going from terminal terminal A to terminal D, good luck. Yeah. Terrible like, for connecting, but it's a great airport for for dropping off and picking up. Well, I'll be there in a week and a half. Heck yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. But but I want to say something about the Mets. I was talking about the Mets. So we're talking about baseball for a little bit. Then Choppy's going to try to explain to us how the fuck you play craps. Because I'm convinced it's just... I'm convinced there's no rules. And Dyer, I think you kind of think the same thing. Uh, I have a very specific way that I play craps. Do you just... We'll get into that. 
But I want to say something to Mets fans real quick in general. Yes. Scherzer got hurt. It sucks. We've lost one series the entire season. One. One series. That's it. They are 10-1-1 in their 12 series they've played. Scherzer can only pitch every five to six days, and they're still winning. Still winning. Like, we've pitched some people who I don't even know who the fuck they are, and we won those games. Calm the fuck down. I'm going to be okay. I might have to eat my words showing the Mets, but it'll be okay. And then when July comes... And Scherzer and DeGrom both come back? Yeah. That, that'll, be a, that'll be a good month. Yeah, it will. But they just got to relax. They just got to relax because it's, it's, everyone's like, season's done. Season's over. Scherzer's hurt. We're not winning another game. We won 70, 80% of our games without Scherzer already this year. 26 and 14. How's the yeah. season done? Because one guy got hurt for six weeks. <laughs> I, I still can't believe what happened the other night that he just took himself out. That scared the shit out of me. Like, I was like, oh, no. A guy that's as competitive as Max Scherzer is, you know something's wrong when he takes himself out. Like, seriously wrong. But he's also smart enough to know that when he needs to come out like that, though. How many right. pitchers in that situation just try to get through the inning? Mm-hmm. Or suck it up or don't say anything. No, it's smart. Like, how many how many pitchers are just going to say, fuck it, let's just keep going? That happens all the not time. Only, yeah, not only do you have to know your body enough to know when something's not right, but you also have to have the balls to say, hey, something's not right, and I'm not doing anybody any favors standing out yeah. here on the mound trying to pretend like I am. Yeah, that's true. Well, the Texas Rangers have seemed to have some fun recently as well, Choppy. They've been well. Um, They've played well, man. Seventeen and nineteen. They're 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 in a tough division. You swept the Angels, which I love to see. Um, do you think this team has a chance, or do you think they're gonna finish in happy third? I do not think they have a chance. Um, now they're doing this with having the worst everyday hitter in baseball. Mm-hmm. On their roster. They get Joe uh, Gallo back. They, well, they could. They did not get Joey Gallo back. But Teasing Joey. Um, I like you. He, uh, Marcus Simeon is, is awful right now. And uh, that, that is, this is, at least there's only six years left. Yeah. Yeah. At least no there's only of, six you know. years left. Do you think, he, is, do you think he's pressing? Um, trying to fill that contract. I don't think he's pressing. Um, I think that he is just not as good as the contract. Well, yeah, but he's not a one seventy six guy, though. No, seventy three. Yeah, he's not. He's not that guy. Um, but I mean. Look, he was he was an MVP candidate for a reason, but also I don't remember anybody else offered him seventy for one seventy five either. Well, he also signed fairly quickly, didn't he? Really quick, and that tells me that's scary to me. 
Why it is it that the Rangers? Yeah, they overpaid. Mm-hmm. They overpaid. That's the problem. Now, now, now they're they're pitching. The pitching's playing better. Seager's you know Seager's not doing great, but uh, their pitching's better than we expected. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised to get six and a half six and six and a half biddings of Dane Dunning no hit baseball in Yankee Stadium. That was a that was a very fun game to watch. That was a really 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 fun game to watch. But uh, the third baseman you guys were playing uh, did not do Dane any favors that game. No. No, they did not. Dane, Dane, you know, and I'll tell you this, Dane Dunning's pitched well. He's he's dueled with Garrett Cole and Otani in a couple of games. And he's done well. Yeah, His line well. last night was uh, arguably better than Otani's. Yeah, it was. Part of it. Because Otani yeah. only, what, only had, what, three Ks? Uh, three or four. No, no. Hmm. Otani had seven Ks. Okay, so he caught up. He caught up. But issue, yeah, six hits, two earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts for Otani. Three hits, two runs, three walks, six strikeouts for Dane. So Otani had a better line, but to go toe-to-toe with Otani and to go toe-to-toe with Cole, the way he did, yeah, that's, that's really good for kid. that rotation. He's a kid. Yeah. He's a kid, so... Huge know. sushi fan, by the way. Is he? Yeah, huge sushi fan. We had some really good sushi in New York. Really, really good. So we went to the sushi place uh, right outside of um, right outside Times Square called Seki Sushi. Great place. Phenomenal sushi. So our friend was the one who was like, hey, you know, let's go out for sushi. Cool. Pick the, pick the place. And I go, Ernie, pick a good sushi place. I was cool. So we picked a good sushi place. We walk up to the place and um, I get there first and sitting proudly in the window of the sushi place is a Michelin star. Oh, okay. Michelin. And man. I go, oh, now we're in business, baby. And I go, Ernie, why are we going to a Michelin sushi place? You said pick somewhere good, Terps. And he, goes, <laughs> he goes, wait, it's Michelin? And I go, yeah. And he goes, fuck, we can go somewhere else. And I go, no, nah, we're here now. We're here now. Oh, yeah. I bet you they had great <laughs> tread on the sushi. Oh, phenomenal tread on the sushi. Yeah. I still find it funny how Michelin Tire became like the gold standard for restaurants. Like the gold standard. But it's been that way for a while. But yeah, excellent sushi. Um, wasn't that bad, actually. My bill was about $85 for six pieces of sushi and two rolls. So not bad for a, for a place like that. That's not bad for a, a high-end sushi. A high-end sushi place? Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. You can get a lot worse. <laughs> so, Dyer, do you want to talk about your baseball team, or are you just going to skip that portion? There's not much to talk about. <laughs> You sure? Struggling a little bit. They got beat by the fucking Reds today, so what's that tell you? Listen, the Reds can throw a no-hitter and lose, man. <laughs> I had so much fun That's with that an accomplishment. on Sunday. I had so much fun with that. Told my dad, we had some good yucks. Throw a no-hitter and lose. How do you feel as a team when you throw a no-hitter and lose? Not only that, but the run that the Pirates scored was on a double play ball. Yeah. Like... What do you what do you say to your pitchers? 
Like, good job. But also, don't walk like, the bases loaded. That's what you tell them. That's what you tell them. <laughs> well, he, well, here's the other question. So you know how whenever uh, pitch, a pitcher or pitchers throw a no hitter, um, they they they're they're given something, right, Dyer? Like, right. what do you do here? Tell me what you do here. Do you still present them with like bottle, like bottles and commemorative watches, and or or do you say no? Like, what the fuck do you do? Go play the trash can. I don't know. <laughs> like, so I, like, I'm genuinely confused because, like, when you throw a no hitter, you get a you get commemoration of it. Like, people buy watches for everybody, you know, or there's bottles that go, that, that go out. Like, I don't know what the fuck you do there. Do you just, like, I don't know. Golden trash. All, all the hitters in the lineup have to take the every pitcher that pitched out for a free dinner. For the rest of the season. Yeah. Good God. You can't get one hit against the Pirates. It's 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 not like they were going up against the fucking Dodgers. It's the Pirates. The Pirates. <laughs> you went up against the Pirates. You lost one nothing. You couldn't give up. You couldn't get one runner across the plate against the Pirates. I think they had four hits. Yeah, four yeah, hits. I'm sure they're sprinkled throughout the nine innings. There's no way they put more than two together. You're telling me that Tommy Pham, Mike Moustakas couldn't get one run across against the Pirates. <laughs> but seriously, what do you get? What do you what, what do you get your what do you get your pitchers? Like, do you even accept a no hitter commemorative thing at that point, or do you just be like, we lost? Because you still threw a no hitter. Like, that's still an accomplishment. Wasn't uh, was it that was? Throwing that no-hitter, too. I know I know he didn't go the distance. Yeah, Hunter Green was the starter. He went 7.1. Okay. He was the one who gave up the earned run. Nine Ks, five walks, one earned run. That's right, because it was a home game for Pittsburgh, so they didn't bat in the ninth. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, the guy's throwing a no-hitter, you didn't he throw like 120 pitches or something? Yeah, like that? he threw. Well, yeah, when you're walking that many people, we walk five people. That's going to inflate your pitch count. We walked five, but three of them were in the eighth when they scored yeah. the run. So he'd yeah. only had two walks up until that inning. I love the, the amount of no hitters we're hitting right now, or like that we're getting close to. I loved it last year. I thought last year was great. I know everybody hated well, it. I loved it. I loved it too. Last year was fun. We had like three like perfect, nine, right? possible perfect games in yeah. like a seven a seven day period. Yeah, it was, yeah, we had back-to-back days, yeah. right? We had uh, uh, Gar- uh, Corey Kluber and the... Uh, they were all back. They were almost all back-to-back. The Padres guy, right? On back-to-back days. Uh, yeah, no, it was more than that. Because I think that... Rodon was in there. He was in that stretch. Yeah, so you had... No, it was in I weeks. think he and it Padres was threw it back-to-back, didn't they? No, so, no, Musgrove threw it on the ninth. Carlos threw it on the 14th. So that was that was in one week. He had two. 
Then John Means threw his on May 5th. Wade Miley threw his on May 7th. That was maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But then you had Spencer Turnbull throw his on the 18th and Corey Kluber throw his on the 19th. Yeah, that was the back to back I was thinking of. Okay. Yep. But but all six took place within the same week of play of each other. Incredible. Like the first two were in one week, the second two were also in one week, the third two were also in one week. Like, that's exciting. I don't care. You can't tell me that's not exciting baseball. You're hanging on to every pitch. Definitely exciting baseball. I kind of like these new dead balls, to be honest with you. It, it's causing, you're seeing a lot more, at least in the games that are using them, you're seeing a lot more doubles, a lot more doubles, a lot more triples, a lot more singles. Because uh, players are, I've seen that players tend to be adapting. Players are hitting for, um, hitting for space as opposed to hitting for the wall. Yeah. So you're I getting I like a little it. bit more. That said. Still got guys hitting home runs. That said, I did hear from a very reliable source, extremely reliable source, that they are still using the old juiced balls in rotation for some games. But the way that they're doing it is it's for the entire game. So they're not switching them out mid-game is what I've been told. They're going for an entire game, you get the old balls. And really, yes, and the old balls are both. There's, there's no good way to say this without it just being clipped by someone. The old balls are bigger and slightly slicker. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, but but the but the the older baseballs are bigger, and the and people are noticing when they get them, and they they fly when they're hit. Whereas really? the newer baseballs are a little bit are a little bit uh, smaller. And they're dead. They're dead sounding. How can they be bigger? How is that okay? Like, well, there's there's a regulation they have to fall within. But if all you do is throw baseballs all day, every day, you'll pick up that the balls feel different. Yeah. But will. I guess that's but I guess that's why they're that's why they're doing it per game as opposed to during the game because they used to switch them out during the game and people caught onto that real quick. That's still kind of bullshit though. What, what, if you, what if you're, you know, on foot in the NFL today, that ball was a little bit smaller today. Yeah. Basketball, that ball was a little bit bigger. What? Yeah. No, that wouldn't fly. Why is that okay no, in baseball? It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. also very okay. obvious. It's also very obvious to see which games are getting which balls. Right. Why it's do we very obvious. This? Is it? You can also hear it. Yeah. The score difference is because the score difference is quite noticeable. Like quite noticeable. Really? Like we're talking, you know how, yeah, yeah. The, the difference in in margin for error between a pop up and a line drive or a home run isn't that big when you're talking about where you square the ball up. So well, are they the ball, giving the good balls, the, the 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 balls that fly to like the Dodgers and Yankees, or do they say those teams can hit anyway? Let's give them to the Pirates and Reds. I don't know. I because I I know for a fact one of the games that got it. Was a non was a non consequential well, meaning not a nationally televised game. So I don't know if it has to do with just like I don't know what they're basing it off of. Now, granted, yeah, I'm sure that these big games will get the older balls. Like you're talking the Subway Series not gonna have the big juice balls. You're out of your mind. Yeah. Or like no, you know right. 
Dodgers Astros not going to get the big juice balls? Yeah, 100% they are. It's going to sell. But, like, and teams are noticing it. There's been some public statements from from teams saying the balls are different. But, you know, I I I got this from inside. So it's like the fact they're still doing this blows my fucking mind. But I guess but everybody you... knows it and everybody accepts it for some reason. What are they going to do about people... it? I don't know. What, what do they do about <laughs> anything else? Because my thing what, is, what is it? The union is the union in on it too. Then do they, are they aware? They must be aware of it. Right. And they just don't give a shit. Why is well, there no grievance here? They might have any control. They might have any control. I don't know. This is, this is the tool. This is the tool of the game. Can we have a baseball bat? That's got a, a slightly larger barrel. Then is that okay too? <laughs> Can we do that? You can cork it. Can I just have a fucking umbrella for a glove? <laughs> Where does it stop? Where do you draw the line? Why is it okay for a ball, but not anything else? What What bugs me with it too is like in the in the in the previous in the previous iteration when they did this previously, when they changed it out during the game, you would see pitchers throw three or four balls away till they got one that felt right. What are you going to do now in games where all you're getting is a juiced ball? Like, you can't throw that ball away. The next one's coming to be the same ball. And people are like, well, they're good pitchers. They just have to adapt. Yeah, they can adapt. But, like, if you're throwing one game and you're throwing a dead ball and then you're throwing another game and you're throwing a juiced ball, like, that's a whole that's a whole different animal. You know, and you're seeing players who are barreling baseballs up and you're seeing players from different teams barreling a baseball up in the same metric way and one ball is traveling 10 to 15 feet further than the other one yeah and 10 to 15 feet at the warning track is a home run 10 to 15 feet in the middle of center field is a ball getting over a fielder's head versus a ball falling into their glove like, it's it's insane. Ten to fifteen feet matters, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that literally big, is the warning track. That's the warning track, especially at that new build your own ballpark. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought that was kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah, it too. That's that's a little. Listen, you play in a bandbox, and I I I understand Yankee fans when they're like, "Well, everyone has to play at the bandbox." You're right. Everyone gets to play at the bandbox. But you still play your home games in a band box, like you, you just do. You're not the only ones either. Like Camden Yards was a band box. Forest Field is essentially a band box, even though it's the biggest field. That doesn't matter. Environmental like, factors. Though. Yeah, yeah. Fenway is a band box to some extent. Oh, big time. Like the Yankee fans are not the only ones with band box. When people say when people making fun of your t-ball field, understand that we make fun of every t-ball field in the game because there's a lot of them not just you but you can't play in a t-ball field and then make fun of someone else's field for no longer being a t-ball field like that that's not you're, how you're right you're right it's um but i i do think that it's more it's weird it's like okay so i, I have this i have this weird theory like you know the yankee uh, the 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 only people that you can you could say anything you want about and get away with it, like no cancel culture is coming at you, is bald or short men. You could say whatever you, 
you could say, a woman could say, I don't date bald men or I don't date short men. She could never say, I don't date this group of people. Fat she would people? be, what, fat, she could, uh, you might be able to get away with fat. I don't know. I don't never think say, so. Not now. Not anymore. You, you definitely, you, you couldn't say anything else, but you know, but it's okay to, to do that with bald or short men. And I think it's, it's okay. You could say whatever you want and criticize the Yankees with anything, no matter how hypocritical it may be. And you can't get clapped back for it. Like the Yankees no. have to just take it. I think they partially did that to themselves though. Maybe. Yeah. Like, I, I think the Yankees partially did that to themselves in just the case that look, these, you know, they won so much and people hate winning, but then their fans started glorifying the fact that they won when they weren't winning. And that became the excuse for everything. And then they also adopted the bad, you know, the hate us, hate us if you ain't us mentality just as a yeah. culture. So like and they embrace the evil empire and the yes. Star Wars Imperial March theme. Yeah. Fuck that whole theme. I I hate everything about that stadium. Though though their food there, top tier. Great food. Yankee Stadium is really good food. I will give them that. That milkshake was insane. With the fucking giant piece of cake on top of it, paid sixteen dollars for that thing. <laughs> Do it again. When you look at what you got there, you get the milkshake and the slice of cake. And a take home cup. It's not that bad. Take home. No. No. (laughs) Pay 16 bucks for a slice of cake at most restaurants. Facts. Big facts. Yeah. And nice ones. Absolutely. This was an average piece of cake. I wouldn't say it was a good piece of cake. I would say it was good for a ballpark. Hey, it's a ballpark, though. Yeah. You got to give everything a, a couple extra points just because the fact that you're at a ballpark. True. You got to elevate just a little bit. They don't have the same kind of equipment that they're working with at a five-star kitchen, you know? It depends where you're sitting in the ballpark. That's true, too, I imagine. Some of these, like, clubs are straight up just, especially at Yankee Stadium, are straight up just black tie events. That's where you get the better cake. Yeah, but you got to pay, like, $600 to sit there. Yeah, you already paid a shit ton of money to get in there. That doesn't matter. There ain't a piece of cake that's worth $600 to me. I'm telling you that right now. Oh no! No. Uh, yes, there is. Yes, there is. Is there? If I got six hundred million dollars, I'm probably not worried about six hundred bucks on a piece of cake. The cake from um, that Jay Peterman bought in Seinfeld. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) The one from the castle of Windsor, not not for the one that has the end cap, despite the end of the aisle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snetsman's. They have Castle of Windsor. Could you imagine trying to eat a six hundred dollar piece of cake? Like how I wouldn't know what to do. Bites. Like how much are you chewing? Like I inhale food, right? Yeah. Like I, I barely let it hit my taste buds. Like I am, I'm licking this thing. I'm gonna lick this thing to its core. She said, "Yeah, it is." You're getting but, the little pieces of cake. You're licking your finger and dabbing up the little chunks from the, the plate. He's taking the fork home with him, too. Yeah. <laughs> $600. You can give me the fucking fork. Yo, you know, it's like when you say like those places are like gold-plated hamburgers or gold-plated wings. 
Like, why? They add zero flavor. I'm just paying for cheap 18 karat gold layering, which you can buy on Amazon, literally. And you're going to put it on my hamburger? Like, and then you're going to charge me like $1,700 for it? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. But while we're on the food topic, we have a question for you. All right. And we're going to ask you this question because this has been a hot topic of debate in previous podcasts going back like a year and a half now. This last time we did this topic. World Day weekend's around the corner. Obviously, everyone's going to be going barbecues, having barbecues, right? What are three go-tos that you have to have at a barbecue? And what are three things that you just are never, never touching at a barbecue? Uh, three go-tos I have to have at a barbecue. Uh, okay. Um, I gotta have, uh, a hamburger. Okay. All right. Hamburgers. Hell yeah. Uh, but, uh, cold beer. Okay. Fair. And, um, you know, the next, uh, cornhole. Cornhole. Okay. Yeah. So you so you, so you so you're about the culture of the barbecue, the game, like the the fun of the barbecue. Yeah, I'm not a food, I'm not a, I'm, yeah, I'm not a food guy. I don't care about food. Throw something in front of me, I'll eat it. I don't care okay. about food. I'm a super taster. I have the best taste buds in the world. Like everything is just fine to me. Everything's fine. Like yeah, the, uh, that works. You know, I could tell the difference between a fillet at you know Nick and Sam's in Dallas and a, uh, and a and a New York strip that I make in my backyard. I could tell the difference. But I don't care enough to 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 worry about it, you know. I'm just like that doesn't make that doesn't make that strip bad. It just doesn't make it a top quality restaurant quality fillet. Right. Okay. You don't need to eat that every day of your life. Right. I'm fine with it. I don't need to. I don't need to. You know. I don't. I don't. uh, I don't use a a a thermometer. Hmm. I don't use a cooking timer. You know, food's a gamble. Food's a gamble for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I accept that. If I, if, I, if I overcook some chicken, I'll deal with dry chicken. If yeah. I undercook it, I'll deal with the consequences tomorrow. I, I don't, you know, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not worried about food as fuel, and I love tasting it, but I, I don't some care people, enough, you know. Some people live to eat. Other people's eat to live. Yeah. I just but what are, th- what are three specific – let's, let's focus on food here. What are three specifically – food items at a barbecue where you just go like no i'm not touching that or just stuff maybe not like if you're not saying i'm not gonna touch it but stuff you're just like uh mm, there's other food here i'll just skip that all right okay so i i I hate chicken salad tuna salad salmon salad ham salad peach whatever salad i hate all those salads right any kind of anti-pasta not a fan um okay yeah like uh, maybe I think my mom's macaroni salad I would eat, but that's about it. Okay. Um, but you know, like for me, like food food that I'm going to eat, I'll eat a burger, I'll you know, some chickens. Um man, I don't know, like what is a third one? What's a good third one? Sausage? You don't like broth. sausage? I do like bro I do like oh, sausage. You like sausage? So burger, brats, chicken. That's I think that's probably my go to. You wanna you wanna throw some kielbasa in there Ooh, instead? Kielbasa? You know, you want to throw some of that in there? We, 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 I can get down with that. So the previous debate was about the antipastas, to be honest. The, the potato salads, the macaroni salads, the 
the stuff that kind of gets a little icky when it's left out in a hot on a hot day sun. Deviled eggs were a big hot button issue. Are you a fan of deviled eggs, Choppy? Do you, do you go down with deviled eggs, or are you like a eh on deviled eggs? I am. I am a big time no on the deviled egg. Really? Is there a reason why, flavor wise, taste wise, just not not feeling? I don't it? like. I'm not a mayo fan. I don't like mayo. Isn't there a lot of mayo in that? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm not a mayo fan at all. So That's basically, the the filling for the egg is just mayo, mayo. and and the the egg yolk just whipped up and little paprika on top of it to the yep pipe back into the white so so anything mayo based you're just you're just not you're just not about it no not really i don't i'm not a really big fan of mayo what about aiolis for you anything like that aioli uh yeah i could do some aioli you like fancy mayo so you're so you prefer vase mayo over vase mayo yes absolutely vase over vase yes i can dig yeah, I, I'm I'm cool with that. I mean, I understand the complaint about mayo-based uh, antipastas sitting out all day. I get that. Like, that should be kept inside where it's cool, and you can just go in and get it if you want. I I do understand the it's kind of gets that shit gets icky when it's been baking all day in the sun. Um, I can get down with a good potato salad though at a barbecue, like a good one. I could deviled eggs. Yeah, like I could. I wouldn't yeah. be upset if there are no deviled eggs. I'd be okay with that. I guess. I'm not a huge fan. This might be a hot take. I'm not a huge fan of chips and dip at parties. Really? Yeah. Really? What kind of dip? Any kind of dip? Any kind of dip. Really? No bubble chicken dip for you. So so here's why. Here's why. Those dips never fucking survive more than like two minutes. Oh okay. There's always someone like spilling half of it or like triple dipping right in front of you or like mixing dips, which for me, I'm just like, no, 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 no. Now, if it's like a buffalo, like if it's like the buffalo chicken dip and it's all mixed, that's different. Like, like that's different. But I'm talking like, I'm talking like the the bowl of chips right next to like the salsa kind of, kind of presentation Mm -hmm. or like. A bowl of chips right next to the seven layer dip in the tiny little aluminum container. You know what I mean? Like the, like that kind of shit. Ooh, I, I yeah. yeah. I'm not a huge fan of it at, at parties. Same thing with like chips and guac. Like the guac never survives. And then it shit just falls into it. Guac's tough. I don't want to eat it. Guac's hard to have sitting out for for a, a, a cookout or something like that. You can't yeah. Same thing with like it's cheese dips. Like cheese dips. Just not no. I like cheese. I like fondue, but like cheese dips at a barbecue, and like cheese boards. Cheese boards are for for me are cold weather. I don't want cheese boards during the summer. I just don't like good cheese board during like Christmas. Fuck with it. Cheese board when it's eighty seven degrees outside with ninety percent humidity. I'm good. I'll pass. I will crush a good Reuben. Sauerkraut, corned beef, Reuben. Oh. On a good rye bread with some Russian dressing, yeah, I'm about that. Okay, yeah, and there, I, 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 I like Rubens. I don't love Rubens. Um, you know, I think the sauerkraut's okay on that. I don't like it on a hot dog. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Are you a you plain know, hot dog guy? Like a basic hot dog? Should I put anything on it? You mean? Yeah, yeah. Are you like more of a oh. traditionalist, where it's just like 
or are you like a give me like the Chicago style? Oh no, no, I am mustard only. So you're 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 a traditional New Yorker. Yeah, I I if you put ketchup um on, on a hot dog, I will judge you. I agree. Pretzel? You a mustard on a pretzel guy too? Mustard. You a true I, New Yorker? I don't understand the cheese on a pretzel at all. It's gotta be like a slightly spicy brown mustard. Or the ballpark be. or the ballpark fluorescent yellow one. Yeah, I love the fluorescent yellow. In yeah, fact, it, I learned I you know, I, I um I, I learned today that I could put mustard on a mushroom and make it tasty. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. I was not uh I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that one. But uh I was sitting there and I'm looking for a snack and uh, I'm on this little health kick. I'm trying to eat well. Um so I had a bunch of mushrooms that I had cut up from the other day and I was like, "You know, I need something to go with these." And I love mustard. And I saw the mustard on the side of the fridge. I said, "Grabbing it." <laughs> some on a plate and dipping and let me tell you something when i dip that first mushroom into that mustard and i put that in my mouth i said to myself <laughs> you found something what a wonderful world you found something there man you sir should be on like top chef because i discovered greatness the mushroom mustard the mush turd i got mush turd it was mush turd do you like fried mushrooms yeah. I like all mushrooms. I can see where that works. I don't know about... Well, here's the thing. Does, does your raw mushroom just have any taste to it? Or is it just a vehicle for the mustard? Is... No, it was a... It was a in this case, it was just a vehicle for the mustard, I think. So, so you just give it to yourself and just eat spoonfuls of mustard at the yeah. end of the day? Because I, yeah. I refuse to eat spoonfuls of condiments. But I, found, I had to find a way to get the mustard in my mouth. So we're these... regular yellow mustard, or are we talking about like Dijon mustard here? Regular yellow. Okay. So, so also question: Were these like chanterelle mushrooms, or were these like your bigger mushrooms? Like these they like, were good little, size. Little... They weren't big, big. You know, they yeah. weren't like uh, Alice in Wonderland big, but uh, you know, they were good size. Are we talking about like button mushrooms or like baby bellas? What kind of mushrooms are we talking about here? Yeah, I would think. Um, okay, they're probably about the size. I don't know. Um. Yeah, golf ones, ball? Yeah, golf ball size. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. love I I'm a fan of a good fried mushroom. With some horseradish, I'll do that. Love a fried mushroom. I'll go ranch with it though too. Horseradish is very good. The ranch works. So 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 Dyer, were you a uh are you a potato salad, pasta salad kind of guy at a at a barbecue? Uh <sighs> I'll eat it. Um, see, for me, the the barbecues that I go to, the the salad, in quotation marks, um, normal it's salad option, is optional. Also, potato, macaroni, what have you. Usually, like mayonnaise based stuff. That stuff is kept inside, mm -hmm. so it's it's not so bad. If that stuff's out in the sun, I'm probably not going to touch it <laughs> unless I feel like rolling the dice that day. But uh, but yeah, if that's inside, I'll go for it. I love a good potato salad as long as it's done well. Do you put uh, are you are you a raw onion and uh, celery potato salad kind of guy, or are you just straight up potatoes? A little <sighs> bit of pep. Yeah, yeah. If it if it's homemade, I'll do that. If it's from the store, probably not, because who knows how long that's been sitting. You know, those that celery and onion is probably not fresh, and you can tell. Definitely not when, fresh. When those types of 
any vegetable, but those especially, you can tell when those have been sitting around for a minute. Um, Are we getting a demonstration, Choppy? No, we're gonna ch- we're gonna change the laundry out. Uh, I, I, I was kind of I was I was kind of hoping that we would get a, a mushroom a mushroom a co- demonstration a mushroom demonstration. Uh, this is how you this is how you accurate this is how you accurately make choppies. What what'd you call it? Uh, mustard 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 mustard. You you gotta do this on a plate and put like some like something like green chives on top of it or something. You think so? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Pull the stem out and just have the cap. Turn that upside. Oh down. yes. Put the mushroom, but put the mustard on top, and then sprinkle those chives on top. Church that shit up, <laughs> and you got yourself an appetizer, baby. Give me a little paprika for a little bit of color. Yeah. Ooh. I might have to so, see what I have in here, and I can do that. <laughs> be really fancy. Just put some vinaigrette, just sprinkled over the top, and like the line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. I'm, I'm, I'm about this. I, you know what? I think Choppy's on to something here. Dude, I you love either, mustard, man. If you love mustard, this is the way to go. Get either the drizzle or the dotted look around the plate. You can get that presentation going on. See, I know that Gnome has some weird eccentric food tastes. I'm, I'm curious to see when he's editing this, what he, what he thinks about just raw mushrooms and yellow mustard just slathered all over it. <laughs> Gnome Either. seems like the kind of guy that would have that that extreme aversion to mustard to where <laughs> you're not really allergic, but you're mentally <laughs> allergic to it. And you just get angry every time mustard's in your I don't presence. Know. I could see the, Gnome being that guy. <laughs> I don't know. Because we're also talking about the guy who texted me once asking me if he should defrost frozen stuffed clams or not. Well, how would you unfreeze them? He was like, do I just cook them frozen or do I just like defrost them? Now, my immediate answer was, my immediate question was, why do you have frozen stuffed clams? That's a guy who eats a lot of Bubba burgers. If he doesn't know how to, he doesn't know he needs to defrost them. What's a Bubba burger? You know what a Bubba burger is? Oh, what is this? They're, they're, I think they're phenomenal. This is they're, magic. they're expensive though. Bubba burgers are expensive. Yeah. They're like, like 12 bucks, 15 bucks for a half dozen pack- burgers. Yeah, like like if if you're cooking everyone bubble burgers, you're 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 Derek level of success. If that's your go to burger, what makes these so good? They just you don't have to defrost them. Yeah, they just go right on. Oh, you throw them right on the grill. They're a little more flavorful, a little bit thicker, a little bit bigger. I'm a fan of them. I got a pack right here. Kroger brand for. Oh, Choppy's living life. Got a pack of bubble burgers. No, I'm not. I'm just a single guy, and I'm too lazy to defrost something. <laughs> but he also puts mustard on raw mushrooms, so you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I better eat these. Oh, all... These expire uh, in June. Oh shit! Like Bubba Watson burgers. Oh no! These things expired June of so... last year. Oh, they're f- <laughs> they're frozen. You're fine. fucking joking. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh well we won't tell frozen though i mean honestly what's really maybe a little freezer burp but that's it you're not gonna yeah. get sick from them right no, i get no. sick right yeah they might just not taste as good but whatever at all i also want to know what derek's response is to just raw mushrooms and mustard well i feel like that's yeah. something he wouldn't do but he also puts ketchup on his steak so 
That's he does macaroni and cheese. Yeah, he does. You didn't know that? No, I thought he was a normal human. <laughs> <laughs> Derek will put yeah, ketchup missed, on his face. Chop, chop missed that conversation. That we, we had like a whole <laughs> podcast that just was angrily yelling at Derek for his copious usage of ketchup on everything that he eats. Well, ketchup on mac and cheese is fire. Like, that, no, that's it's just... not. It, it's... You can't taste anything. You're in a bad mac and cheese. You need to put ketchup on it so you can't taste the shitty mac and cheese. And all you can taste is fucking ketchup and noodles. <laughs> Stinks. It's not good. I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's all right. God damn it. That pisses me off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, well, yeah, Derek does put ketchup on steaks. That's can't insanity. Confirm. Yeah. So you and him need to go out for a steak dinner. You need to see what happens. See if he puts ketchup on it or not. But yeah, all that money for a steak just to put twenty cents of ketchup on. I it. recall Derek's argument was, "It's my fucking steak. I'll do what I want to it." And Dyer went, "No, <laughs> that's not how that works." No, give me your steak. You don't deserve it. <laughs> Dyer's gonna cook a mistake one day. And be like, Derek, there is no ketchup allowed at this table. This is a ketchup-free house. We don't use it here. Cook a mistake. Once you put ketchup on, it'll be the worst steak I have, and I'm going to cook it for 30 minutes on each side. Then you have to put ketchup on it. Exactly. That's my if point. If you're going to cook shoe leather, you have to put ketchup on it. That's the only <laughs> way it's edible. At that point, you might as, at that point, it's the same thing as chopping his mushrooms. It's just a vehicle for ketchup. Right. At that point, that's all it is. That, that's, that's literally all it is. It's like, I can't, I can't with the ketchup on the steak. I, I won't even put steak sauce on a good steak. I don't want steak sauce at all. I'll take if I'm putting jus- sauce on a steak, that means it's not cooked right. I'll put a, I'll put a jus yeah. on. I'll, I'll do the jus. Yeah, that's it's it. It's different. Something yeah. delicate to bring out the to to complement the flavor of the steak itself. But for me, ketchup covers the flavor of things. When you have ketchup on something, you really don't taste a whole lot, unless it's just a tiny little dab, you know, a little schmear. On a burger or something. Even then, though, I don't put ketchup on a burger. The only burger that I eat with ketchup is McDonald's or something, you know, fast food where they just slather it on there anyway. I'm putting it on my own. Ketchup is for children. Yeah, I like ketchup on a burger. That's it. Well, you're not a mayo guy, though. See, for me, it's no. mayo on the burger. Have you ever done grilled cheese with mayo? Instead of butter? No. Yes. Oh, that's the way to do that- it. That's the way to do it. It's a hack. So if, yes, if so when you make if you everyone always asks because I, I worked I wasn't working in a restaurant for a while. Everyone always asks the biggest question I always got asked is how do you make how do you guys make grilled cheese perfect every single time? The way you make grilled cheese perfect every single time is you use mayo instead of butter on the bread before you put it on the griddle. Because the oil in the mayo has a higher has a higher uh heating point, higher flash point. And it's easier to coat the entire bread with mayo, and it, the bread absorbs the mayo a little bit better. So that's how you get that like really perfect, like golden crust on the bottom. Yes. You don't taste it at all. You taste zero mayo. Mm-hmm. Didn't taste of anything. But yeah, that's how, that's how you do it. Put mayo instead of butter, and you'll get a perfectly golden brown toasted sandwich every time, every single time. Really? Yeah. I made that. You told me that one time, and I made it for the family when I, I didn't tell anybody I was doing it that way. 
there was all oh, these these grilled cheese taste really good. It's different. But yeah, you know what the difference was is I used mayonnaise instead of butter. The kids are instantly just put them down like, oh, that's gross. Oh, what'd you do? I said, like, hold on a minute. Why is it gross now that you know what it is? <laughs> you were just talking about how fucking good it was. Not in those exact words, but you know what I mean? Just because now you know that a condiment was there instead of butter, why does it matter? I no. use uh, delicious. I, Pick it up I, and eat it. I use mustard as a binder. Like when I do like, um, like briskets, I'll sometimes use, I'll use like a, a good yellow mustard as a binder sometimes. Pork, I use mustard. Or what, like the rub? Yeah, as a binder. Now, I don't always do it, but I do it sometimes. I've heard that before. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. So, <laughs> one thing I didn't want to talk about, because we've talked about it a little bit, but it's become a really big deal recently. Um, the NIL thing has kind of gone a little insane in the past year. Uh -huh. Now, you got Jimbo Fisher yelling at Nick Saban, Nick Sable, Saban yelling at, at Jimbo Fisher about the NIL. You have people like Dabo Swinney refusing to even acknowledge that it exists. Uh, you have... You have kids using the transfer portal just to get more money out of their original team. Um, it, it's, it's literally become a wild west now that you can legally give kids money. There's no hiding anymore. There, there's no, there's no hiding behind Bagman. You can just give kids money at this point. I think that what I thought was going to happen is happening. So you're just seeing wild amounts of money thrown yeah. around and you're seeing schools who have no business throwing around this kind of money, throwing around money. Did anybody well, think that wasn't going to be the case, though? I know, right? Like, anybody that did is completely oh, yeah. naive. 100%. Now, who, who doesn't have any business throwing around the money, though? You talking about A&M? No, like some of these, some, some of these, some of these, uh, some of these schools who, whose income revolves around playing top-tier Division One schools are giving kids NILs. So, like, for example, Maryland just lost um, a basketball commit. Well, he wasn't a commit. He was going to go to Maryland and then ended up going back to his, I think it was like a D2 school that got him an NIL and paid an NIL that's worth, like, it was something stupid, like $200,000, $300,000. Good for them. Yeah, it is good for them. <laughs> I love it, man. It, it, is, it is good for them. But what happens when they start overspending to get a kid to try to keep up with people who have a little bit deeper coffers? It's their fault. Oh, I know it's their fault. But, like, how do you limit this to begin with? Like, you don't. I don't know. I, I think that I think something's going to have to give. I think that the fact that you can just establish a charity to pay out an NIL as a school is a little sketchy. That's sketchy. Who's doing that? USC. Yeah, oh, oh like everyone's doing it. Like Texas A&M did it too. But yeah, they, that shouldn't be allowed. That's yeah, not, like, no. like they, they establish a charity and then that or, or a fund or like a, a company and then that company actually pays out the NIL. See, that's a problem, though, because if this is a charity, now you can donate money to this and get tax breaks yourself. So you get people dumping money into this. And now this charity, which is a shell, essentially doesn't have to pay taxes because 
most charities, you know, true charities wouldn't have to if they're not, you know, nonprofit, which these probably could be classified in that way. I'm not a an expert, but nonprofit essentially means that you can't show a profit, which you wouldn't show a profit because this charity is giving all their money to these kids. So by that by that logic it would make sense that they would be able to follow that rule. So they would have there there's gotta be something that, that would have to quell that, but yeah, that's not good for it. Look, I, I love the idea of the money, the kids. Um they need to have rules though. Like there's no guidelines. There's no Yeah, I agree. There there's nobody knows what the rule is. There is no rule. You know, it's you know, whoever like like A and M, right? They're gonna have they're just kind of funneling the money. The boosters are still giving the kids the money, only they're making these dummy corporations and these fake charities that they're gonna sponsor. Well, that's not what this is about. That's not what this is for. NIL means you like, you know, you're you're property of your name, image, and likeness. Like when you endorse a company, not a fake charity. That's a problem. Like that that's not right. Or if yeah, I agree it, with that. Or it's a legitimate charity, which is something that like the Longhorns were doing. But like when people looked into it, they just required like the I think it was an like offensive lineman had just had to show up to like one function. Yeah. And like that was it. That's that's like, that feels that feels dirty. I don't like that. Because what if I'm donating money to this charity, wanting it to go to the charity, but because this guy shows up and my money goes to him, that's not what that's not why I donated money money if you want to donate money give it to that player if you want to give money to that player you should be allowed to do that for whatever reason for whatever kickback you know if i own a business or something like that but you shouldn't you shouldn't be donating to a charity and having that money go to an athlete for appearance fee that doesn't i'm not into that well, if it's appearance fees, it should be legitimate appearance fees, not just like, hey, show up at this, you know, cookie event for two minutes and leave. Like, that's that's where the problem's coming in, is that they're establishing these shell companies and these shady charities, and now the argument could be made is, I don't know how this works. I don't pretend to be a financial advisor, but if I'm a if I'm a millionaire who's gonna who's gonna pay a kid who's gonna donate to pay a kid three million dollars to come play for my school um and i put that three million dollars through a nonprofit who's then going to handle the payments to the player can i write that off yeah it's it well the school probably can't the can no the but can i the individual but the, but the benefactor could yeah yeah if you're doing it under the guise of a company yeah, it, because if it's going through this nonprofit organization that's set up in such a way, that's that's all it is. It doesn't matter where it goes from there because you have technically no control over that. You cap it, but if you go over a certain dollar amount, <clears throat> excuse me, the I don't know, let's say two thirds of that money then goes to your your uh, team that you're that you're donating to and the other third goes into a pot that gets spread out to the rest of the conference. So now you're donating partially to every other team. Well, you know, here's the funny thing, like, right. 
So the NIL, they, 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 I think they really intended it to be like you're at school. They didn't intend it to be a recruiting tool. Not the way it's being used. They intended it like, right. You're at school and you can, you know, you profit off your name, image, and likeness because you're at the school, <laughs> because you're social media following. They didn't intend it to be a way to get kids to go to college. Well, now that it is, it's like, so think of it this way. They want you to, like, they want you to, like Saban's talking about, like, his perfect world. You get to college and then you get your NIL deal. But, but. What other job do you take without knowing the salary? Yeah. You don't. You don't take a job without knowing the salary. So, you know, I I wish they could change it a little bit, but I mean, what they have now is basically what we have as employees. True. They know their salary going in. Unless you treat the NIL as a bonus. Yeah. Hey, you, you, your salary is X with with a quarterly incentive bonus of Y. You yeah. make you you abolish, but then abolish the argument will then. be, I play. You know, I'm a I'm a second string offensive lineman, or I or or I'm a or I'm a backup backup point guard who gets four or five minutes a game. The scholarship's the only reason I'm in school. Yeah. That's the, the, that's the other argument. Do they just establish a base salary at this point? Just yeah. say, and you could make base salary the cost of tuition. I guarantee you that if you start paying players instead of giving out scholarships, they're going to beg for those scholarships back. Either that or the cost of uh, school is going to have to go down, which it's not going to, just for uh, a few people people yeah over the whole student body because you can't reduce the cost for some and not others well it's also ridiculous when you see schools like the big 10 big 10 schools that are signing multi-billion dollar tv rights deals and schools like the sec who are going to be right behind them and probably i'll bet you the sec's next deal will be bigger than the big 10's new deal which is worth which is worth billions and when the big 10 set in the metric billions granted like the A, you know, the ACC is not going to get that. The Pac-12 is not going to get that. The SEC can, easy. Yeah. So it's like, but because those are those are your two big boys, the Big Ten, the SEC, in terms of media rights. Yeah. Like if you, the only thing the SEC doesn't have is eyeballs. But that comes from good media, though. Like it, well, no, no, I mean, like, how does the SEC not have? Well, they don't have as many people that live in the states yeah. as like the Big Ten. You know, like the Big Ten's like, they got New York now. They got D.C. They've got everything, right? Well, New York alone is the collective, you know, total population of some of these SEC states. Oh, dude. I think the population of, I think the New York City metropolitan area, the TV market in New York City, I think it's like 20, 30 million people like that TV market. It might be, you know, if you were to remove Florida and Texas, it might be the population of the entire yeah, I mean, Alabama has 4.9 million people. Okay. Tennessee's got probably like, what, set 9 million in general, 9 million people probably. 6.7 million. Uh, 
six point seven million. million. Georgia like has ten point five million. Um. Okay, so now we're up to twenty. We're up to twenty million, and we're only at th- we're three states yeah. in. You know, Mississippi's probably got nothing. Kentucky's got nothing. Uh, South Carolina's got nothing. Oh, and, and don't forget, and like, don't forget, they also have the. Um. Uh, Big Ten also has the DMV area now. So yeah. They get, they get from they get from Baltimore to Virginia, and that whole that whole area as well. So now they get that whole corridor on top of that. Um. And then like Ohio has eleven point six million people. It's yeah. Yeah, Ohio's bigger than any SEC. Uh, well, it's bigger than it's probably third in the conference. It's, well, I guess Missouri might well, te- be bigger than Ohio, although I don't. Well, Texas so. has twenty eight point six four million people as of twenty twenty. Yeah, and and then Florida is right yeah. there too. But if you were to take just the population of Cincinnati, Cleveland, Columbus together, easily have more population than a lot of the states yeah. in the SEC. Just those three cities. Yeah, I mean, it might be more than... Based on the numbers yeah, you're giving I mean, me. I, I, it probably isn't more than Georgia. Um, and it, it might not... I mean, they may not have more than Tennessee uh, with just those three cities, but... Well, keep in mind, does. the Big Ten gets all of New York. New York by itself has 20 million people. That's excluding New Jersey. That's excluding the tri-state area. That's just New York State. Yeah, but the tri-state area is... The, mm. the, the TV market right. is the tri-state but, area. But they still... Like New Jersey is just as much of the, of the TV market, right? And population New Jersey is just under nine million, just there. And then on top of that, yeah. the Big Ten's the 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 Big Ten's footprint is huge in terms of alumni. Their yeah. alumni footprint is ginormous. Yeah, that's the and biggest it's thing an right alumni there. base that's willing to pay for the Big Ten network. I think the SEC can do it. I think they can do it, but that that yeah, it's just the, the the sheer number of eyeballs for the Big Ten really puts it sets it apart. That becomes the other argument, though. Like, let's say the SEC signs a one point five billion dollar TV rights deal over the course of ten years. Where's the argument then of why isn't that money being used for NIL? So Alabama has seven hundred fifty eight total student athletes. Alabama has how many? Seven hundred fifty eight. How many are on the football team? Well, that's, team? that's all of Alabama's. That's everything. That That's their entire student base. That's what I'm saying. Like Correct. 15% are football players. But even if you even <laughs> if you took that full number, $758, and you were to pay them, what? $50,000, it would be $36 million pay every single one of them fifty thousand dollars wow you could cut that in half and pay them twenty thousand twenty five thousand and it would be 18 million that's not even part of the tv revenue that alabama makes well actually yeah no sec doesn't pay out right now but they will ticket revenue alone ticket revenue alone for alabama in 2020 was 32.3 million dollars in just wow. ticket revenue. You could pay all your athletes with just your ticket revenue. 
and their game expense, they cut their game expense down from eight million down to four point six million. So they almost half their game expense. I don't know. They do that. That's a really good question. That would be interesting to know. I'd like to see where they a lot of that. money. That's a lot of that's well, a lot. You know, listen, those cut free in student internships to run your stadium, that uh that helps out a little bit. You you know, bring over your entire sports management team and have them do everything. Church trips, another huge scam. Church trips, is that what you said? Church trips too. I thought you said church trips were a huge scam. Also, church like, trips. Did you say church trips? Yes. <laughs> so, two more things I want to talk about. We'll save the fun one for the end. But the first thing, I'm just going to make a statement. I want to hate, hate your guys. Is there anything cooler? Is there a better sporting event than playoff hockey? I'm not talking one-off. Fantastic. I'm not talking one-off. I'm talking the, the full thing. It's fantastic. Went to a couple of Stars games uh, this year. About, went to about 10 during the regular season, and we went to uh, a couple for the uh, the playoffs. Uh, you know, they were fantastic. They were great games. Uh, we had a lot of fun at them. You, you really can't beat it. The the I, I think I think in the arena in a a big hockey game. You know, it's different the crowd than an NBA game because you know you're not up on every play, but I think it's fantastic. It seemed like hockey's kind of cracked the code when it comes to how to to handle the live event itself. Because I've I've never been to a uh, a hockey playoff game in person, but just watching it on TV, you can kind of feel that energy and you can see what they're doing around the arena and things, and and you only catch just a tiny little piece of that from your couch. But I've been to playoff baseball games and playoff football games. And those are great. They're a blast. And and the atmosphere is totally different from a regular season game. But it still kind of feels like a normal game just on steroids. Yeah, it does. It feels great. Yeah, it's awesome. But I feel like hockey, it, it seems it seems like, from what I've heard and what I've seen, um, not in person, it just seems like a totally different could event. One, could one argue be there in the that hockey fans in general is our much more passionate fan base based off the smaller viewership of the sport. Hockey fans. Like, like, like if, if you're fair. going to, there's only, there's only 30, there's only 20,000 seats in a hockey arena. Yeah. They don't get the benefit of the extra seats the NBA has. They don't have in all of that. Like, and you're talking about some teams in Canada where this is this is everything. Like you're talking about like the battle for Alberta. This is this is the Super Bowl there. Could it just be that maybe the fans are just more wired in hockey? That's why you're getting that crazier in-game playoff experience. Not as corporate, like the same way like the NBA is. I don't sense a quieter crowd. No, not quieter, wired. Like they're more like 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 hockey fans in general tend to be, from what I've experienced in playoff games, way more invested. Way more of the nor of the average fan tends to go to hockey playoff games. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think we are talking about they are definitely more invested from that that standpoint. Whereas I But don't you think that's more of a product of the game though, the way hockey is and the way that it's played? It's kind of that perfect game as far as fast paced, but you can still follow the action and what's going on. There's not that many stoppages in play. NBA is still kind of slow, or it can be, depending on the team and the the tempo of the game itself. I don't know. I always got the feeling that like the the NBA was a little more corporate, in the sense of people who oh, it's definitely people who go to the actual games or the playoffs. Like hockey, like you can go to a Carolina Hurricanes playoff game for two hundred dollars. And sit in pretty good seats. Yeah. And that arena's gonna sell out. There's not gonna be an empty seat in that arena. It's 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 not like the tickets it's 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 not like it's not like, you know, they're selling them cheap and they're not filling up like the Rays were doing for the playoffs. No, like you know, the lightning are the same way. The lightning tickets, you I was seeing some lightning tickets for three hundred dollars, which is not bad for a playoff, a playoff event. And that arena is going to sell out. It's probably already sold out. So I don't know if it's just hockey fans are more fanatical or if just they've done a decent of a decent of job of actually keeping price down so like the crazy fans can actually go. Cuz how much more wild would a Mavs playoff game be, Choppy, if tickets were affordable? Well, I mean they are affordable though, I think. Well, I I shouldn't say that because I I get I get free tickets, so I I can't really I can't really say. I, I you know, I, I think they're exciting in general. They are. I think I think every playoff game is exciting across sports. Uh and I think you could feel the energy in the building across sports regardless. Agreed. So I, I I think seriously, like it cost and here's the thing, you know, you, you had mentioned the hurricanes. I saw game one tickets for the hurricanes available for less than hundred dollars. Oh, bucks. yeah. Yeah. Like that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing for the league. The, the 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 game three for the Rangers was like four hundred dollars as the, as the average get in price, like this is it's embarrassing to be under hundred dollars for a playoff game. The flip side is you could argue that it's under hundred dollars for a playoff game, and they're still going to sell it out. Like you'll you'll get that fan who wasn't able yeah, to go yeah. otherwise because it's only hundred dollars to go. Like when I went to a while back now, but I went to a Capitals Islanders playoff game. I paid thirty-five dollars. Now I wow. sat in row QQ, section four hundred, but I paid thirty-five dollars. Like, and that stadium was full. Like there wasn't an empty seat in that in that arena. So there could be. Wow. Yeah, I'm so I think there's an argument you, you could make where it's just and like like we had to talk about the Super Bowl when the average price of the Super Bowl was fucking what was it three thirty five hundred dollars? Like the average, like average price of World Series tickets got to be what five six hundred dollars? And a high market so. team, well, high market team, forget it. Like if 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 the Yankees or the Mets make it, forget it. You won't find a ticket under under a grand. For a World Series. But granted, the Rangers, I think, are a one-off because MSG is always expensive. 
New York pricing. If the Rangers make the playoffs, they'll be if the playoffs. If the Rangers make the Stanley Cup, if the Rangers make the ECF, it'll be six seven hundred dollars a ticket. So we're talking about secondary, secondary market. market or face value. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. The the face value tickets are gone almost immediately. Like they're they're they they go immediately. Yeah. For hockey, they go for me for all of them, but. I don't know. I just think that I think that the affordability of the ticket cost lends to a little bit of the craziness that you see at these hockey games. It might. It might. You know, it's like at a football at an NFL game, the uh, the the crazy spot is is in the four hundred yeah. level, where you're paying. You know, where where the, where the regular fan can go, you're paying a, a tenth of the price. Yep. But sense. when that crazy fan can pay three hundred dollars and get lower level bowl tickets. To see their favorite hockey team play in the playoffs. Yeah. Now you get all that noise right there. Yeah, you do. <laughs> How much are you paying for a Dallas That's Mavericks true. playoff ticket in the in the lower bowl? Uh, let's see. Lower bowl face value, you're probably paying three hundred bucks. Secondary market for this this secondary. Oh, I don't know. I haven't even. I, I mean, I I, I would uh, no face value for the team. You're probably you know season ticket holders. You know, probably got them for you know two hundred. Secondary market four or five each. Yeah, so like I think that's where the dis the, the I think that's where the big difference is. I mean, and the NBA is still relatively inexpensive comparatively to Major League Baseball premium teams and football, obviously. But I think yeah, having that rambunctious three four hundred level fan being able to sit lower bowl or mezzanine, that's going to bring a lot of noise. And a lot of craziness very, very quickly. Yeah. And that has a big effect on the team. Huge effect on the team. Oh, my gosh. Huge effect. I mean, the the amount of um, energy I think it brings the team. Huge. Did you guys see the Calgary Flames game last night? Uh, Part of it, yeah. Final score was 9-6. to Um, Hockey game, not football. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> um, but the box score is something to behold. Um, so the Flames scored three in each period. Edmonton scored one in the first period, four in the second period, and one in the third period. The Calgary's <laughs> final two goals came within the last like minute and a half of play. Um, it was one of the most, like, I was thinking like, what other sport could have a game like that and be as eye popping? Like to give an example, the flames goaltender had a seven, eight, six save percentage in a playoff game. He faced 28 shots, let in six. Uh, (laughs) he took the second period (laughs) off. Damn straight. A cow. He's literally just on the bench the second period. The, the Oilers pulled their goalie. Game. They pulled uh, Koskinen. He uh, let in five on 37 attempts for an 8-6-5. Mike Smith came in to replace him, and he let in three on 10. So, insane game. And there's going to be a fight in the next game because, man, it was fucking chippy. Yeah, well, it was really chippy. 
I didn't see the whole thing. I was watching mostly Mavericks. So I saw just a little bit of it, but I saw the score. Obviously. I was going to go to bed early yesterday, and then I put the game on. I was like, and now I'm watching the end of this. I, I, this is too exciting to not watch this game right now. Plus, a good hockey commentation team, commentator team, so fun to listen to. So fun. That's very true. When they're good at their craft and they're good at, to be able to keep up with the flow of hockey, super fun. Any commentator that does a great job with what they do doing play-by-play, and then, of course, the color guy, too, makes it so Agreed. much more fun to watch any game I will game say, I sport. find that hockey has, tends to have I mean, fewer bad announcers than the other sports, but I think that has to do with just the pace of play is so fast that there really isn't time for fluff, if that makes sense. Because these hockey play-by-play guys are literally... Yeah. It's like you. It's like you listen to the radio, except it's on television. Man, I, when was the last time y'all listened to a game on the radio? Well, Dyer loves it. A hockey game? No, in general. Or like, you know, like, do you ever just game. sit around and like listen to a game on the radio? Oh yeah, yeah, all the time, really? all the time. I'll sit out on my porch with a cigar and a, and a glass of whiskey and listen to a tribe game. Man, I love it. I'd rather do that than watch it on TV. Really? Yep. Every time. And maybe that's because Tom Hamilton is so good for the Indians. I won't call him the Guardians yet. But he's fun. He has a great call. He does a great job. He does a great job of filling in the blanks and throwing in little things that you wouldn't think of and, and, and filling in those gaps. And that's really what it is with a game like baseball where there is some downtime. You know, in between pitches, things like that, to make it entertaining. It's not all about the game that's going on. You know, there's some banter in between the play-by-play and the color guy and you talk about you know where the the guys on the field are from and a guy that's coming up through the farm system or a guy that's just come up or a guy that's been around for a while and maybe we don't know a whole lot about him you know that's that's what really makes it interesting to listen on the radio it's not all about the game is he solo no he goes he's got a a color guy who's frankly not very good um (laughs) But <laughs> sorry, Rosie, but um, but and the thing of it, too, is, is they have Hamilton do the first three innings and then they give the color guy play by play or four five and six and then seven, eight, nine. Hamilton takes it back over, which I don't like. I wish they would just keep it with with the play by play guy the whole time. But is that to let him get a, get a that's bite the way or they something? do it. I guess. I don't know. I mean, I guess they're probably trying to groom him play-by-play in the Mm. future but it's not gonna happen as far as i'm concerned but it's okay i mean he seems like a fine person he does decent on on color he just isn't very interesting on play-by-play and he doesn't have a a good call it's kind of cringe when you know his home run calls and things like that but i digress i i think that part of what makes baseball commentary so hard is the fact that you have to fill so much space yeah. with interesting commentary that has nothing to do with the game on the field. I think it's going to do it for us tonight. A little bit of a shorter show for Mr. Tyler. So he'll be very, very happy to hear that. Yay. He'll be very happy. Um, as he is in the final home stretch of his wedding planning. He is now two and a half months away. Oh. Well, congratulations. That that two and a half months is going to fly. Yes, it is. It'll blink and it'll be, it'll be right there. 
But for myself, Choppy and Dire, thanks for tuning in. Derek, having a nice day off. Hopefully, we'll, we'll catch him soon. He's busy putzing around for the Blue Jays um, as we speak. But be sure you listen to us on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to us. Leave us a rating if you would like. We'll be back next week, I think. Hopefully. More fun conversations. We'll check in on Dyer's farting craps ability. See if that's paid off at all. But for all of us, all of you guys listening and from all of us here, thanks for hanging. We'll see y'all next time. See ya. Later. Cheers. <laughs>